Welcome to Jaffa's Space, a podcast about the world of Jewish outdoor food, farming, and environmental education, also known as Jaffe. I'm Yoshi Silverstein. And I'm Hannah Henza. Together, we are the Jaffe program team at Chazon, the Jewish Lab for Sustainability. Jaffe is a catch-all term shared by many to describe educational experiences that connect people to Judaism, community, and the natural world through hands-on, thoughtful, and engaging Jewish content across different ages, backgrounds, and religious approaches. It's a growing movement with people, programs, and organizations throughout North America who are doing some pretty incredible things. Join us as we get to know the people behind this work, learn what Jaffe looks like on the ground, and get the inside scoop on the challenges, obstacles, and moments of serendipity that have shaped today's Jaffe landscape. Ready to go? Grab your shovel, your rake, or whatever your tool of choice, and let's dig in. in. Welcome to this week's episode of Jaffa Space. We are Yoshi Silverstein and Hannah Henza from the Hazon Jaffe team. And this week, we are joined by us. That's right. This week, hey, us. <laughs> this week we're going to do a fun and funky thing where we try to interview each other about our own work within uh, the Jaffe space at Hazon and National. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Jaffe Network Gathering. We're going to talk a little bit about fellowship. Hopefully all of the things. And so we'll, we'll just dive right in. So Yoshi, I'll, I guess you'll take the first question. All right. How did you, how did you get into this work? What drew you here and, and why is it so, so meaningful for you today? Thank you, Hannah. It's a great question. So I grew up in the inland Northwest, Eastern Washington, Northern Idaho. Um, part of our local Jewish community was always really involved in Jewish summer camp and youth group and that kind of thing on the one hand also grew up with a very much of a relationship to the outdoors and nature spending a lot of time skiing and hiking and just spending out time outside with the family and you know fast forward to college you know the the longer story is a tale of heartbreak and sorrow and misguided epiphanies but you know folks can ask me more about that at Jaffe Network Gathering but the short story is that as I was in the midst of really thinking about what is my career path? What do I want to do in life? I thought about some of these formative experiences in nature, in community, um, and particularly when we had the intersection of Judaism and Jewish tradition intermingled with all of those things. I'm thinking about these really intensely spiritual experiences that I've been able to have either out in nature or with Jewish community, but especially the experiences that combined all of those things. And so I had the sort of epiphany of, oh, I think I want to go into, I want to be a Jewish outdoor environmental educator. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like a thing. And so I started looking looking things up. Uh, Long story short, spent some time back out in the Northwest uh, teaching outdoor and environmental education in a secular context, and then started bringing it all together, going back to work at Jewish summer camp, ultimately working for the Teva Learning Center as a fall Teva educator, spending time at Kayam Farm at Pearlstone, 
And then ultimately that all brought me here to working at Hazone in my role as uh, Jaffe Fellowship Director. And I think the main thing that really pulled me into this role and that I really continue to enjoy is this question of how do we really infuse the work of Jaffe into the heart of Jewish community. And if we want to make true impact, if we want to really uh, affect our communities to create further sustainability in the world and in our communities, it has to become a part of the daily fabric at the heart of Jewish communities. And so, yeah, that's what pulled me into this, into this role and a huge part of why I continue enjoying this work. What about you? I, well, first, I've heard you say that a couple of times, you know, how do we infuse the work of Jaffe into the heart of Jewish communities? And if we really want to make an impact, like that's where we have to put our efforts. And I just love that. Like, I love that it seems so simple and yet it's so profound. And it's like, it's like the real, it's the real heart of what we do and why we do it. And that's funny, as you were, as you were saying your, um, you know, your story and, and how you got here, I was thinking like, in some ways, I am like, the opposite, like the polar opposite, right? Like I come from the southeastern United States. My family are like tobacco farmers and coal miners and like like just very I had a relationship to the natural world, but like it was just it wasn't exploratory. It wasn't, you know, this hands-on sort of engaging work. But but as I got older and really, you know, started to develop my own personal relationship with with the world around me and and really started to see the impact that nature could have on on individuals in so many different contexts, texts, you know, like working at camp or, you know, working as a college mentor or like whatever it was. I think, I think my work really, or my interest really came together in a very disorganized way, right? Like when we think about the Jaffe, we have like the Jewish outdoor food, farming, environmental education. I always say that like, I had a little bit of each of those and then looking for something to kind of bring all of that together for my, you know, personal enrichment and just like feeling like a whole being, Jaffe was there for me. And it, and like when, when you were kind of coming to these same realizations, like Jaffe wasn't really there in the same way. And so you were like, I want to do this thing, but like, it's not, it's not a thing. <laughs> right. Whereas like, I was yeah. like, I want to do this thing and oh my gosh, look, Hazone. It's a thing, right? So no, when I when I was, I had the the epiphany, and obviously, I mean, Google was around at that time, but like honestly, Google search like wasn't. I mean, we're talking; it was in a matter of years, not even decades at that time. I mean, I'm not that old, but it's kind of funny to think about. But of course, I go to Google search, and it's like uh, Jewish environmental education, like what? And no, at the time, Teva Learning Center was was relatively well established. That came up, you know, Adama Fellowship came up. For sure, Chazon came up um, on a slightly separate, you know, angle, you know, but from there it was sort of, we had some of these, Kayam Farm was around, but it was like, it was unclear how does one actually work as an educator at this, like, wow, this looks like a really cool new Jewish farm project, but like, how do you get a job (laughs) at this place? Same thing with Jewish farm school, like, wow, so cool, amazing programming, like, I'm I'm so interested in this, (laughs) what is like, employment, Come check back later for what, right? It was just like the the pathway was very unclear and it was sort of a choice. I think, you know, I did hold off for a few years before ultimately ending up at the Teva Center, which is definitely has continued to be a formative place for a lot of folks who get into this work professionally. I think for me, I felt like I had a decent background in the Jewish education 
piece of things uh, and wanted to boost out my sort of experience as an environmental educator and sort of my, my ecology knowledge and all of that, which is why I ended up going out and working secularly for a few years before coming, coming into Teva. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting to just see the growth over the last sort of decade and a half of this work, which I think actually pulls us into our next sort of topic of, yeah. okay, it's 2019. We've both been doing this this work and have been in our roles for several years at Fazone. So, you know, let's talk about what is this work of the Jaffe program team at Fazone? What are our roles and what, what, what are we tasked with doing in this Jaffe? Yeah, the Jaffe world, it has really the way that we, when we think about it in comparison to other Jaffe organizations or when we think about other Jaffe work happening around the world, because we're not we are at Isabella Friedman and we are in Detroit, but like for the most part, we're not really connected to an individual community. And we're, we work a lot more, particularly I would say with my work with the Joffe Network Gathering or the Joffe Leaders Institute, or like together we work on the Joffe Fellowship. That's much more about individuals and it's much more about providing connections for folks who are doing this work in, I don't want to say more direct capacity, but in what we would think on about is like a little more hands-on. So our work often, I feel, revolves around network building and, um, you know, strengthening relationships and thinking holistically about what is this picture, what is this landscape, what is this tapestry we're weaving together for really what's the vision of where we want to go. Like, I think you, again, like you articulated it really well, like we're really trying to see Judaism infused with the lessons and the culture and the the wisdom of the natural world really embedded in all of the work that we're doing throughout our Jewish communities. Right. We're in an interesting space where it's sort of thinking about what does it look like to take a network, this emerging professional field, and strengthen it, right? And, you know, we talked about, about Teva, and there's, of course, Adama, uh, and then a little bit later, Urban Adama, Eden Village Camp, these these both specific locations and specific programs that created and continue to create these really rich, immersive experiences for, you know, mostly sort of young, younger folks, um, people in their 20s, right, emerging professionals who really get this deep infusion of the teachings, the Jewish traditions, the ecological learning, the, the sustainable sustainable farming methods, environmental ethics, like all of these things that really inform and infuse Jaffe work as a whole, they get this deep infusion and then they sort of come back into the real world, right? And and I think for a lot of folks who feel, who are moved deeply by these experiences and are affected by these experiences and are looking at their life post-immersive Jaffe experience and sort of asking, okay, I have been transformed by this experience. I am in a different place than I was coming in. Maybe I even want to do this work professionally. And what does that look like? Uh, So I think there's the individual journey that we are able to really impact through the, you know, Jaffe Fellowship, Jaffe Leaders Institute. And then there's the sort of next level out of these organizations that are doing this work and thinking, right, that 
what does it look like not only to have each distinct location, each distinct organization doing really good, powerful work in each of these communities, but for us to affect change on a larger level. And what does is, what is that network look like? What does that look like as a professional field? And then for us in our sort of positions and vantage points through our work as part of this Jaffe program team, how do we actually do that? I mean, I'm thinking about one person I knew who, who was in a job for a while where her title was network weaver. And mm. that felt both the imagery of that title is really rich. And I think it's also probably an apt title. I think especially Hannah for your work, which is, I think yeah. sometimes can feel sort of, I don't know, obtuse or are hard to pin down sometimes. Right. But I think yeah, I can feel a little bit disparate is that it's it's like weaving these things together and and sometimes there's these flashes of like oh that really worked and sometimes <laughs> it's like oh it's two years later and now we're seeing the impact of these things that we did yeah. two years ago that that just just take time to do yeah it's funny that you mentioned that i mean i do feel like with particularly with the Jaffe network gathering like we're both answering that question of like, now what? You know, we've had these experiences, we've been transformed, now what? And we're also asking that question. Like it's a, it's a place where we're coming together to really grapple with things as a community and as professionals and as individuals. And one of the things that I say all the time or, or particularly on the last couple of episodes is that nobody that I work with nationally, nobody that I work with at another organization does this because it's just a job. Every single one of us in this Jaffe space, like we have come here for both person, for predominantly personal reasons. And then we've stuck around because we could make it our vocation, right? It's not just a job. Like it's a vocation. It is a, it is a thing that like gets us up in the morning and makes us feel like we're having an impact in the world. And, and we do that from a deeply, you know, spiritual place most of the time. And, and it's one, it's just like so incredible to be surrounded by people who feel a need to respond to the world's deepest hurt and from this place of, of real Jewish inspiration and, and commitment and compassion. And two, I think that, as you're saying, like we've really been able to weave together over the last three years this response at Joppy Network Gathering, right? It's this four days where we come together and we have a chance not only to learn from each other, but also to ask some really, really critical questions and say, you know, if we're all coming to this from a place of desire to do good in the world, desire to answer some of these most burning questions, a desire to seek justice, a desire to, you know, really live out the values of our Jewish identities, what does that mean in a practical way? And how do we organizationally grapple with the logistics of those kinds of things and the finances and the staffing and the training. And then how do we balance that with the personal desire and the drive and the mission? And so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I love about that space as as difficult as it can be to find that balance and, and to weave those pieces together is that it is a place for that. It is a place this four day experience is a place where we can really come together and say, like, I acknowledge that you are here from a place of deep passion and commitment 
And I also acknowledge that you're running an organization and you're a staff member and you have a family and you have like a life that you're attending to and you have to pay bills. And how do we do both of those things? And I don't feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the world in general, but, but also in our work to hold both of those truths, to hold the personal and the professional in a really integrated way. And I think I think Jaffe is just a beautiful example of how that can be successful. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, I mean, it's one of the things we've said about the Jaffe Fellowship is we'll help you turn your passion into a profession, right? We're all coming into this work, like you said, with uh, usually deep passion, deep personal and spiritual connection. And that's critical and important. And it's, it's at the heart of so much of the work that we do. And it's, I think, a core piece of why our work resonates so much with ourselves and each other and our communities. But on that, and, and if we think about that as the kavana, the sort of intention, then, and we think about, of course, the classic Jaffe metaphor of the compost pile, right? The kavana is the greens, right? The nitrogen, um, the, it's, it's the, it's the most fertile stuff that you put into the compost. It's where, uh, yeah, it's where all of that really rich nutrition comes from that will ultimately feed the food that's grown from that composted soil. But only greens, only kavana is not going to compost in the way that you want it to, right? It's gonna it's gonna become anaerobic, right? It's gonna and it's gonna get it's gonna get really smelly and just it's not the process, it's not the most efficient or productive way of creating compost. So we need what in, and again, in the Jaffe metaphor of compost world, we call the keva, the structure, which for compost is the browns. It's the, it's the straw, the leaves, the grass clippings, right? It's what will, is not particularly nutritious, but gives you the structure in order for the outcome, which that, whether that be compost or, you know, programs and, and whatnot to really happen in, in a meaningful and productive way. And so I think that's an, what I've been sort of more and more realizing doing this work is just the importance of the keva, of the structure of sort of, that's what creates a profession is creating this structure that you can work inside of, like bring all of your intention, bring your kavana, bring your passion into that, but let's create a structure so that it can, that it can be manifested in a professional way in terms in, in programs and work that are impactful in these places and with these communities that, that we are, are working with. And I think uh, for us who are working for sure and as just as nonprofit professionals and then inside of the Jaffe world, I think that is the piece that also as a field we've been, been grappling with and evolving in is what are those structures that allow us to do our work better and more strongly, but also like you, but you all want to go out of balance the other way too. Like, too much structure we all as we've all experienced when you get overwhelmed with just the bureaucracy or administration or just too much right i think we all know what too much structure looks like so obviously yeah. you can go you can go too far on the other side but what is that balance of the kevin the kavanaugh the structure and the passion or the intention that we that we bring to this work yeah that's just it's true i think i think if you boiled it all down to like one sentence that's what this is right? It's the balance of, of the intention and the structure. The, the one other thing that I found really helpful to think about when we're talking about what are we trying to do as a field and how do our roles, you know, Hannah, yours and mine, play into this is thinking about the world of 
Jewish camping, by which I mean Jewish summer camp, right? Um, and Say more. <laughs> I will say more. So 30 years, so Jewish summer camps have been around for a long time, right? And 30, 40, 50 years ago, obviously, if you had Jewish summer camps, you had people working at those summer camps, right? Um, being a summer camp counselor was a thing lots of people, right, did as a summer job. But for a very long time, it was only that. It was a summer job. You maybe right. You went to camp as a camper, had a great time, felt excited and passionate, and came back as a camp counselor. Maybe spent several summers there, and like maybe a few then obviously went on to become camp directors. But it it was I think, and I'm generalizing, but it was I think something that was more isolated to a specific camp. Right. I grew up going to this camp. I loved it. I came back as a counselor for any number right. of reasons as a summer job. And then I'm like so passionate about it that I decided I wanted to just make this my life and be director, but of this particular camp. Right, it's or, very place-based. It's very place-based. It's very sort of individual to a, that specific place, that specific camp. Um, and then what we started to see um, in, in the world of Jewish camping with the Foundation for Jewish Camp is one, seeing um, the impact that Jewish camp has had on Jewish people, kids, Jewish identity, just all these like really rich outcomes of, of noticing, wow, Jewish camp is actually a really profound transformative experience for, uh, for, for a lot of people. And so Foundation for Jewish Camp said, well, what does it look like if we put um, sort of, if, if we think of this actually as a profession, right, where you can work in Jewish camp as a profession, as a career. It's not just that, oh, I'm a counselor as a summer job at X camp. Like, yes, I'm a counselor at this camp, but I'm also, wait, what happens if I connect with counselors from this other camp from the other side of the country? And so started actually then putting in the keva, the structure of different programs, sharing of best practices, gatherings, convenings, ways of actually building a network of Jewish camp professionals. And I think what started, and I, I felt this, um, you know, doing the Cornerstone Fellowship with, I think it was in their first or second year, right? Um, and for me, it was noticing, oh, wait, this is really interesting to see other people who are working as camp counselors, but we're connecting on this way that I never even thought about before. And so it became, and, and maybe you still only spent a couple summers working at camp. Um, and maybe you went on to develop a whole career in camp, but I think either way, one, if you wanted a whole career in Jewish camp, this work made that more and more possible through professional development. And like I said, the gatherings, the convenings, just like making this a ro more robust career pathway. But even if you didn't, it still became something that you could more distinctly point to and say, yes, I worked at Jewish summer camp and I'm now a lawyer or a business owner or right. just whatever. But I can point to that and say that was actually a formative experience, not only, both in my Jewish identity development, but also actually as a professional, right? Like I learned all of these skills as a camp counselor, camp specialist, that even though I'm doing something on the surface doesn't seem related, um, I can connect back to that. And I think... In a large, in large part, that's what we're doing now just with, with field building coffee, right? Is thinking, yeah. what does it mean to both build out more robust career pathways and to strengthen the, the network and the sharing of best practices and connectivity and all of that that comes from this as a field? And then also in the individual sense of, we know that not every one of our Adama fellows is going to go into a career in Jaffe, but I think 
we want them to be able to point to that immersive experience and still say that was formative for me in all of these different ways. And I sort of have the language to be able to articulate how and why. that. And it was part of something larger. It wasn't this right. totally isolated thing that I did out in the woods, you know, where nobody knows anything about it. Like it was part of this larger movement that I can really say, like I belong to. Right. Exactly. So with that, we'll come right back. See you on the flip side, everyone. This episode of Jaffa Space is brought to you by the Jaffe Network Gathering. Our annual Keystone event in the Jaffe Space since 2016, Jaffe Network Gathering brings the entire Jaffe field together for four days of learning, singing, and collective consciousness, raising to ever higher levels. This year, we are convening at Walker Creek Ranch in Petaluma, California, over Labor Day weekend, August 30th to September 2nd. We are thrilled to have the amazing Gavila McCoy as our keynote speaker and scholar-in-residence, along with a fantastic lineup of leading educators and practitioners in the Jaffe space, and special programming from our Bay Area partners and friends at Urban Adama and Wilderness Torah. You can even come early for our special pre-conference Urban Adama experience in Berkeley on Friday, August 30th. All in all, Jaffe Network Gathering is a fabulous opportunity to get the inside scoop on the Jaffe world and to get to know your amazing partners in building healthier and more sustainable Jewish life. There is still time to register, so if you'd like to learn more about this year's network gathering, head over to chazon.org jng or reach out to the Jaffe team via email at jaffe at chazon.org. Welcome back. Uh, if you are somehow just jumping in here, halfway point, um, it's Yoshi and Anna from the His Own Jaffe team, and we are interviewing each other, having a nice conversation about the work that you're doing as the Jaffe program team at His Own. So uh, we want to jump in now to just sharing some you know, personal challenges of, of aspects of our work as growing, evolving professionals that have pushed us and allowed us to grow and sort of push that learning edge. So Hannah, um, what are some things that have allowed you to push your learning edge? Yeah. So I think, I think my edge also happens to be like my, the, the place that I feel like leaning into has been the most helpful and that is patience. Um, I've, from like my earliest memories, people have been telling me to be more patient and, um, and that is something that I really struggle with. And, and I will say as a professional and as somebody committed to this work, like that has been the number one thing that I have felt, um, has really helped me to develop into the person that I am now, both in interpersonal relationships with, I was thinking, I was reflecting on this the other day that, um, you know, Yoshi, you and I have been working together almost three years now. And in the beginning of that, I didn't know how that was going to go. Like, I, I just, I was like, who is this guy? Like, what is our relationship? I'm not sure how we work together. And now at the end of like, you know, not the end, thank gosh. Um, but we were three years in and, and, and I, I feel this very real sense of professional connection with you in a way that I know that the work that we collaborate on, the work that we do together is going to be good. And I'm going to be able to bring my whole self to my work and to be able to really, you know, show up and be authentic with what I'm trying to do because I was patient enough and persistent enough to really develop that relationship and to sit with, you know, that, that work together. And the same could be said for, 
you know, my work over network gathering, you know, three years ago, the first time I did this, it was like, what am I doing? I'm like running this crazy event. And like, it's, we're just going to pull something together. And now three years later, we, I've been able to say like, look, it's built, it's built on itself every year because I've been able to go back and say, you know, what, what are we working towards? How can I, how can I lean into this? Um, and it, it's funny that that's, that's what kind of came up for me because as you know, this, I'm a total like workplace psychology article, like snapshot junkie. Like I just read all the things all the time and they, you know, they tell you really wonderful things about linging up and managing your time and procrastinating. None of that has been nearly as helpful as just like staying put and like <laughs> trying to be patient. I, um, that's great. I think I want to definitely, I want to come back to that in in a moment. I think though, to share just things that I sometimes find challenging. And I think this isn't, this is um, the Jaffe version of what I think a lot of Jewish professionals go through, which is the balance of the spiritual and the professional. And um, I mean, for sure, for rabbis, spiritual leaders, for example, very much, I think this is a common problem of when you're always facilitating spiritual experiences for others, like how do you also maintain your own personal spiritual you know, practice and, and connection? And, um, and, and so I think for me, it's been, yeah, I mean, it's maintaining that spiritual connection and also nature connection. Um, and you know, and it's growing and it's evolving. Uh, and, and in large part, it's this interesting thing where I think I do get a lot of that connection and just my, my time in nature and the fulfillment that I get out of that when I am doing things like running a Jaffe Fellowship orientation and training seminar and up at, you know, Isabella Friedman for two weeks, like that is definitely a nourishing and fulfilling experience for me. Um, in lots of different ways, spiritually and in nature connection and socially and, and developing relationships with each new fellowship cohort. Uh, and I mean, for sure, if I'm at our Avodatlev, right, morning Jaffe prayer experience with the fellows, especially once we've spent some, some time together and have, um, are in a, just a, a more authentic, spiritual, connected space together, I absolutely feel that. So it's not like, it's not like that is <laughs> void for me during those things when I am working professionally, but it's also, right, you, you just can't, you can't um, fully, you're just not completely present in the same way, or the way, I should say, the way in which you're present is different when you are the one responsible for running a program versus just being part of it, or if it is your nature time is part of your working hours versus just completely not part of your working hours and you're, and you're just off like with your family on a, on a hike or whatever, whatever it may be. And it's sort of, sort of on the one side, it's like, well, this is amazing that as part of my work, I get to do these things. And obviously that's a huge part of why I went into this field. But sometimes, sometimes it feels like that, that personal practice can sort of fall by the wayside. And so for me, it's been just an ongoing journey of thinking about how do I, how do I put the keva, the structure into my life in which I, in, in ways in which I'm able to have those practices that have been so nourishing for me and that are part of what I know that I need to have a rich whole life in which my work, my profession is uh, a clear and important part of that, but also just one part. And like I said, it's ongoing, it's evolving. I, I will say 
not surprisingly through planting and, and growing things has been a huge part of that been for the last year and a half or so in a place where I have just like just enough uh, soil right out the front door where I've been able to plant some sort of a pollinator garden. It's been that it's speaking to patients planted that all sort of a year and change ago. And it was not the right, like nothing, I knew nothing was going to flower. It was about establishing these plants, getting them in so they could establish their roots. And then a year later over this past growing season, these plants have all been blooming and flower and, and it's like, Oh yes. I mean, as we know, no big surprise that that's a (laughs) lovely experience. Right. Um, But it is, it is obviously different to have that be just like your own little corner of, of space that you're sort of taking stewardship over cultivating. I love that you bring this up because it's definitely, I think, I think we hear about this a lot in uh, Jewish professional life. Like if trying to have an, an active, you know, spiritual life outside of, of work, that can, that can be really challenging. And I, and I think in the Joppy space, like there is that added layer. Like I definitely feel that of like when we spend, you know, two weeks at Isabella Freeman for the fellowship. And then we spend, um, you know, a week for Joppy Network Gathering. And then we spend a week for Midir. And, and there's so much travel and, and wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experiences with these cohorts. It can feel really difficult to like find that time to, you know, go out with my husband and, and make time for that rock climbing trip or that backpacking trip that like I know is just going to be so nourishing for myself. But, you know, where, you know, it feels difficult to find that balance, to find that time. And then, and I think about it also in terms of just like spiritual life, oftentimes, uh, we come to this jobby space because, at least for me, and I think for many others, we're not getting what we need from our home synagogues or from our home communities. And so, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to work in that space. And also, how do you find, I think it's just this ongoing question of how do you find that balance of personal fulfillment and need and, and nourishment? And I know for me, again, like, initially I was really frustrated and I really was like, can I sustain this? And is this something I can do? And, and I think you and others at, at Hazone really kind of helped me to say like, back up a second, like be patient with yourself, like make a plan, say, you know, share what's going on with yourself, with your colleagues, with your friends, like be open about it, have a conversation about it and know that one, you're not alone. And two, that, you know, with a little bit of time, you can really cultivate something beautiful. You know, I love watching your Instagram stories of your little tiny stoop garden. I mean, really, and just like watching it evolve over the last year from like, I remember you're like driving home, you like flash the camera <laughs> around, your car looked like a greenhouse. It was full of plants. Yeah. It, it smelled crazy. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And I was like, what the heck? He lives <laughs> in the middle of Brooklyn concrete. What the heck? You come home, you plant this, you show us, you know, your first glimpse. And then over the last year, like just being able to watch that flourish. And as you said, like, it's just a really great metaphor for what we can do with a little bit of patience, with a little bit of intention and laying the groundwork, like really putting in the work, tending, tending ourselves, tending, you know, our needs and, and what will flourish on the other end. Great transition. What advice, Hannah, would you give for people, professionals, anyone who is looking to get more involved in the world of Jewish outdoor food farming and environmental education? Yeah, I think my number one piece of advice is just go outside. Just go outside. 
whether it's so difficult for you, you've like never left your office during a work day and you just initially decide to take a, a meeting walking around the block. Amazing. Or if you're like, you know, I, I do this work and, and I really want to get more connected, go out with an educator, go out with somebody that you don't often get to spend time with, or go out with like your closest colleague and just be like, Hey, remember why we do this? Just go be in the world in which you are trying to be part of in any capacity. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi, what would you say? Yeah, I think, so it's so interesting that there's this ongoing thread of patients coming in because I, I also find that really apt. And I think something that I have learned and observed is the things that only happen over longer time spans. And I think, first of all, this is a very Jewish idea that we have these nested cycles of time. We have obviously the seven days of the week. We have the, the, the cycle of a whole year. We have the seven years of Shemitah, the Jubilee, right? All of these nested time cycles. And so I think, first of all, we see that there are things like Shemitah that can only happen over a long seven-year cycle, which is, honestly, it's just the length of time of the Shemitah cycle, seven years, is an unusual length of, of time. I think we typically think of maybe three to five years as the longest we can really plan out. And I think that's probably true, but I think that the Shemitah cycle is sort of, it's extending that planning brain and vision just a little bit further so that it sort of like ex it expands that but it's also we also know that we can't actually predict what will happen in the next seven years i think we can fool ourselves into predicting that we can actually plan three to five years in some level of detail but seven years we're like no no, no. i can only do broad strokes right <laughs> so so it's like just short enough to wrap your head around but long enough that it sort of pushes you into the broad strokes but getting back to my point that there is something that happens and this is both in a in a physical place a particular environment right a, a city a community and also in in a professional place there's something that happens once you've been we've been somewhere for one year and then you repeat that cycle i think there's definitely something and i think there's something about the of course the seasons and just sort of repeating things. So there's that. But I think then if you just expand that longer, there are things that just, that don't start to happen until you've been in a place and doing something for a while. And I think it's, it's really easy to get frustrated when you feel like things that, that feel like they should have started happening haven't happened yet. And I've certainly felt frustration at times about that. And I felt also inclinations to jump into the next thing. So I think it's been really helpful for me to just observe and remind myself that there, yeah, that, that whether it's because you're building relationships, you're laying the, 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 the foundation, just the way that things grow on each other. And again, back to the metaphor of plants, the ways that the plants right, need to put their roots down and develop an ecosystem, it all just takes time. And so I think if we're thinking about for, for folks who are, wanting to get involved or already involved professionally and asking those questions of what's happening next or why hasn't this thing happened yet or I, I, like i've seen some things happen but i but i am not feeling like these other things have happened i think it's just that recognition that some things just really do take time and it's a tough balance sometimes you need to know when you need to make a change but um but some things really just require that patience. So I think that's the advice that I would give to folks is to just know that certain things will only happen once you've um, 
have lived more years. I don't want that to sound, you know, patronizing, but, uh, but it's, it's like, yeah, I, I really. Uh, no, but there is that. something there. So I'm like, well into my, you know, late twenties, like, no. and, and, and I, rem- <laughs> but I remember very clearly just, just a few years ago thinking, you know, six months was an eternity. Like, right, like right. I, there's no, like, I was so, I remember, oh my gosh, I was so proud of myself. The first time I stayed at a job for a year, I was like, oh buddy, <laughs> I have never committed to anything. It just feels so difficult and so lengthy. And, and as you're saying, particularly in Jewish tradition, we see these examples over and over and over again of the value of time and patience and dedication to or commitment to, to a course of action, whether it's by choice or whether we're, you know, forced to wander around desert for 40 years or whatever it is, you know, like we see these, these outcome, positive outcomes of committing to a course of action and, and really like digging down and, and exploring what is it that's going on in that space? What does it mean to be still, or what does it mean to actually instead of looking out and around, instead of being at the top of the mountain and like looking across the the valley, like what does it mean to look down at your feet and see, you know, what is the world in your, you know, six foot bubble? And I think oftentimes that particularly as young professionals, but, but even at any stage in our, our professional lives, like when things get tough, we have a tendency to just look up and look beyond and say, you know, what's on the next horizon rather than just looking down and saying, you know, what am I building? What am I digging? What am I like, what's, what's going on right here that I can really lean into? Yeah. So speaking of what's on the horizon as uh, our last few minutes, want to think about what is, what's, what's on the horizon in the world of Jaffe, what's exciting right now. And I think particularly Hannah want to hear from you. This is uh, the, the fourth Jaffe network gathering, the third that you've been directly responsible for coordinating and putting together and holding the vision for. What are you excited about specifically for network gathering and, and also broadly in the world of Jaffe? Yeah, I think this year in particular feels like the culmination of so much work of so many people who have come before. And this year at network gathering from conversations that we've built uh, in previous years and also just from really tuning in to who are who are the voices in our field who are the voices in our community and what are their needs and wants and desires and passions and how can we you know weave this this tapestry together for for all of us who come to this space i am so excited about some of the questions that we are really going to make an attempt to tackle you know what does it mean to be doing justice work? What does it mean to be thinking about identity? What does it mean to be considering how our work really plays an intersectional role in our communities? And, and how can we think holistically about the space that we as a Jewish environmental or Jaffe organization holds in our, our local community, our national community, our international community, and and maybe most importantly for me is, you know, how can we as Jewish individuals make a commitment and respond to a a global climate crisis? You know, how can we stand up and say, and what are the actions that we can take as a community to say, like, this is, this is the problem of our generation, of our world, of, of many generations. And, and it affects people economically and, 
and, and on a personal level and on a weather level, like it affects us in so many different ways that we often don't think about how it's, how it is intertwined. And, and we're really going to crack that open at network gathering this year. And we're really going to say, you know, look, yes, it is hotter. Yes. There are more fires. Yes. There, it is colder, but also, also it is affecting how we eat, how we move, how we interact with one another. And just to be able to really have that conversation holistically, I personally have not been part of a group that's tackling that. It's always piecemeal this or that. So just to personally be part of that, and then just to have the privilege of, of facilitating so many, so many intelligent people coming together to pull this off. So that's what's really exciting to me. And I think, I think also that we've like already started whispering internally about next year. Like this isn't going anywhere, right? Like, like we're, we as a Jaffe movement are here and, and we're, we're making a stand and we're here to stay. And Jaffe Network Gathering is a huge part of that. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? What are you, what are you really looking forward to? Yeah. So I've, I've been really inspired lately with, with the work of two women in particular. Uh, the first is Robin Wall Kimmerer, who is a indigenous American botanist and author, and I've been reading her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, which has been <laughs> making its way around the, the Jaffe world. And, and it's just, it's, it's an incredible love poem to the natural world, honestly. Uh, and it's rich with stories of her, of her, both her childhood and also her life as a mother and her connection to the land and also her work as a botanist and sort of bringing these different ways of knowing into the world in a really beautiful way. Uh, so I've been really inspired by Robin Wall Kimmerer and also Adrian Marie Brown of Emergent Strategy, who really talks about what are the tools that we are in need of in a changing world, in a time when, as you said, we are in a climate crisis and the transition isn't coming, it's here. So how are we, both how do we respond to the crisis and also how do we weather the changes that are happening and will continue to happen. And a huge part of that is to be in relationship. And that's relationship to place, that's relationship to community, to the people in our community. And so I think I am, so so for Jaffe Network Gathering, I am excited to continue to be in community with this group of folks who has been both a professional community and in, and just a community in so many other ways in my life. It really is just a reunion of so many people that I hold dear to me every time we gather for the, for the network gathering. So really excited for that. And like you said, I think really looking forward to centering some conversations that have been um, either, you know, on the, on the surface or on the margins or just, you know, little pieces of, uh, of former gatherings and, and of the work that I think we are really putting at the center this year and what we hope will be really rich and meaningful ways. Uh, and I'll give a particular shout out to uh, support that we've received from the Jews of Color Field Building Initiative to bring Jews of Color uh, to support attendance and also leadership of Jews of Color at the Jaffe Network Gathering uh, and, and really center uh, folks whose experiences has not been honestly, at the center of the world of Jaffe. And that is unfortunately not unique to the Jaffe world. It's part of just the Jewish American landscape. But I, I, I'm really glad that we've been able to both 
in as as an organization as Chazon and as a field and then with with support to move this this work forward and to bring that forward just on a very you know on a very personal level for me I'm excited to sort of be in relationship with with folks in that sense as well yeah and you've been one of those masterminds and and really intelligent people that have been really chipping in um, to to make this a well-rounded event so thank you yeah uh hannah where where can people find us honestly if you again if you got to this podcast and you don't already know where to find us then i don't know you should tell us how that happened uh but where 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 should people find us Uh, and specifically where can people learn more about jaffe network gathering yeah so it's pretty simple go to hazone.org slash j n g and, and you'll find it. Um, you can also search Joffy Network Gathering. We're the only one. <laughs> Google will point you in the right direction. Um, and there's uh, semi-regular updates um, on Hazone's uh, social media. And we are going to be continuing to release podcast episodes through the summer leading up to Network Gathering. So if you haven't subscribed to the Hazone podcast channel, please head over to your favorite podcast listening platform Look us up, Hazone, the Jewish Lab for Sustainability. Hit the subscribe button. And this is this is a first. I'm going to even say, leave us a review. If you have enjoyed listening to this, then, you know, we are just getting started. But, but really, if, if you've been listening, one, thank you. And two, if you give us a rating, leave us a review, spread the word with your friends. We are looking forward to continuing to speak with some of the visionary minds the folks who have been who have been and continue to be doing this work throughout the field of Jaffe. So so hit us up. And with that, it's a wrap. Thanks everyone. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye guys. Thanks. Jaffe programs are made possible by a growing web of staff, participants, volunteers, lay leaders, donors, organizations, institutions, and foundations. In particular, our national Jaffe work at Chazon is made possible by funding from the Jim Joseph Foundation. This podcast was produced by Yoshi Silverstein and Hannah Henza. It was edited by Leora Nevins and distributed by the Chazon marketing team. To learn more, check out the show notes, visit our website at chazon.org slash Jaffe, that's J-O-F-E-E, and be in touch.